everyone, and welcome to another episode of CBIA's BizCast. I'm Shannon King, and I'm coming at you once again from my guest bedroom. We continue at CBIA to work hard every day to bring you the latest COVID-19 information, particularly from the state and federal governments. It seems as though the news is changing daily, if not hourly. So we're working really hard to bring that clarity to you and your business. On this snowy Monday morning, I talked with Chris DiPentima, president of Pegasus Manufacturing, located in Middletown, Connecticut. I talked with Chris about how operations and protocol have changed at his facility over the last few weeks, how Leggett and Platt has adjusted to severe COVID-19 threats nationally, and how the manufacturing community is faring after Governor Lamont's essential business guidance was released last night, deeming manufacturers as essential businesses to continue running. Also, if you have a story to tell about how your industry or your business is adjusting to this new reality, I want to hear from you. You can find my contact info at the bottom of this episode. And here is my conversation with Chris. All right, Chris, well, it's uh, good to hear from you. How how are you doing? I'm doing good, Shannon. You know, working remotely like you and many other folks to, uh, to try to reduce the risk of exposure to ourselves and to other people. Well, I was just going to ask you, uh, Pegasus Manufacturing, uh, you're working remotely. Uh, how many of your other employees are working remotely? And overall, how have operations uh, changed in the past couple of weeks? So most of our what people call office personnel are working remotely. So that's sales, uh, purchasing, and finance are all working remotely. Uh, there's some people that come in once a week to do some of the uh, tactical things like collect mail um, and process checks and payments and and paying suppliers. But so most of the folks in the office are working remotely and then the production um, shift employees are are still working as well as their supervisors uh, at the facility. And when did you start working remotely or when did your office start working remotely? So uh, our parent company, Leggett and Platt, uh, mandated uh, about a week and a half ago um, that uh, those people who are functionally able to and have the technology to work remotely should and actually must. Um, it's more of a mandate because uh, our our parent company has kind of been more on the front end of this whole outbreak because of our our automotive group has a, a big presence in China. And so we started to see uh, some impact and effects way back in December and January at the parent company level. Um, so we've kind of been ahead of the curve relative to the telecommuting mandate and, and uh, trying to be technically capable to get folks to telecommute. Right. So you just mentioned that you've you've been feeling that effect since December when this outbreak first began uh, in China. What's, what has the impact been and are you still feeling it? I mean, we're just beginning to feel it in uh, the United States. Um, so w- what has that impact been and, you know, how, how much greater has it gotten? Yeah, it was kind of weird for me because I, I as you know, I was traveling a lot. I, I spent about three weeks a month outside of the state uh, two weeks at the time in France and one week on the West Coast in, at our Kirkland uh, facility in Washington near Seattle and our other facility in San Diego. So uh, it, at the uh, very beginning of February, very end of January, our parent company 
issued a mandate banning international travel, uh, which was uh, was very new uh, to the industry at that time. Uh, no one else in, in Connecticut, as far as I'm aware, was had banned international travel. Not many other companies in the U.S. had banned international travel. Um, we had done that because of the effects we were seeing from China. And like I said, about a, a quarter of our total uh, parent company business is in China. So I was a little caught off guard. I thought maybe it was an overreaction going on to the international uh, travel restrictions. And then in um, mid-February, uh, the parent company issued guidance, uh, basically uh, trying to prohibit uh, domestic travel as well. And again, we, we were kind of one of the first folks to do that. So um, couldn't tell if it was an overreaction or not, but obviously in retrospect, you know, everyone has gone that way. And uh, I think we just had some really good insight uh, as far as what was occurring in China and other locations that we have in Europe and probably reaped awards to having some of that insight. Because um, now most everyone is, is obviously everyone's prohibited international travel and, and most all travel. Uh, domestically. So it, that that was the impact on me personally and in our overall business was the travel restrictions. Um, and then uh, my facility in Kirkland, Washington, uh, which makes t- welded tube uh, for the aerospace industry, uh, that was really the first outbreak in the U.S. Um, we we're located about five miles away from a nursing home facility that saw a significant outbreak and uh, over 20 deaths. Um, so we were from a legged and plot perspective, that aerospace location was really on the front edge of the U.S. Uh, protocol for uh, what to do with a virus outbreak. Yeah, that probably must have been really scary because I know Washington State has been one of the hardest hit and in the, you know, the Seattle area. Um you know, what measures did Leggett Platt take um, in Washington State and even California? Um, they've been having uh, increased cases as well. What did those locations do uh, in terms of, I mean, shutting down production? Did they have to do? Did they have to move workers remotely? You know, how quickly did they act? Yeah, so so in all cases, we try to prevent uh, total production shutdown. I mean, it's critical. Most of the uh, of our locations are critical suppliers for the aerospace industry, but also for the defense industries. Um, so it's pretty critical that we stay up and running to support the needs of our our national defense and homeland security. Um, so what we basically did here in the U.S. with our with the first outbreak in Kirkland and and that branch basically being the guinea pig for all the domestic locations, is we took the protocol that we rolled out in China at Legged and Platt Automobile Industries uh, facilities in China, which was essentially uh, taking employees' temperatures upon arrival in the morning. Uh, if they don't have a temperature, letting them proceed by washing their hands and then going out into the factory. Uh, taking the temperatures again when they return from lunch and following the same protocol, uh, eliminating uh, any common touch screens where possible, like uh, data collection stations and payroll stations and going to manual payroll time cards, um, social distancing, trying to keep six to eight feet of spacing between employees, windows and doors open to get some ventilation through the facilities um, in case there is a, a sickness. If employees do show signs of any type of sickness, whether it be a fever, sore throat, uh, anything, sending them home and having them uh, self-isolate for 72 hours or being symptom-free for 72 hours 
before they return. Um, uh, we don't, we, we tried as hard as possible with the guidance from the CDC not to uh, issue masks to employees at any of our U.S. facilities, and we haven't um, because we're trying to save that supply for the healthcare workers. Um, we obviously did increase, you know, hand sanitizers, uh, the cleaning of the facilities happening much more frequently. And essentially being the guinea pig that in the Kirkland facility, that's uh, come become the, the practice or the standard for all of our domestic facilities. You mentioned California. Uh, we rolled out the same protocol in California. We rolled out the same protocol at Pegasus in Connecticut. And we rolled out that same protocol to our non-aerospace facilities throughout the United States. Right. Yeah, those are, you know, uh, scary measures, but certainly uh, very important um, to preventing the spread. So as someone who's very involved in the manufacturing community here in Connecticut, um, how is the manufacturing community faring right now? Uh, I know Governor Lamont just released his essential businesses uh, guidelines uh, for the state and manufacturing and supply chains, as well as defense are included in that. Um, so just thinking, uh, you know, about your specific um, uh, sub industry of manufacturing, how is the manufacturing community doing overall? What have you heard from other business leaders? Uh, we, we, the, the Connecticut Manufacturers Collaborative, uh, which is a group of the seven major manufacturing associations throughout, throughout Connecticut have been in constant contact with each other through email. And we recently had uh, the first of, of many standing calls. And um, I think everyone is, um, is positive, if you will, relative to the manufacturing being excluded from the, or being part of the essential businesses that are allowed to stay open. But there's certainly concern, confusion, um, as we've discussed that, you know, every day the laws are changing either at the state level or the federal level with the federal, um, plan that came out last week. Another one's going to come out this week, as you mentioned with the governor kind of enacting a, um, a kind of a shelter at home, a soft shelter at home over the weekend. Um, every day new things happen, which creates more questions from the manufacturers, which creates more uncertainty which kind of creates this vicious, vicious cycle of, uh, of concern. And I, I won't say panic, but just uncertainty, um, which is never good running businesses, but just the human side of us doesn't like uncertainty and change either. Um, but I think there's some optimism in the fact that we're all working together. The fact that we have resources to turn to, to try to get very quick answers, you know, CBIA working 24 seven, Constap working 24 seven, the CMC, like I said, that association being together, um, Colin Cooper from the chief manufacturing officer being the kind of our connection to government as far as what's happening, what's going to happen. Um, so that, that good communication and that timely responsiveness, I think, has helped us quite a bit. While we're still concerned and uncertain at times, uh, we know answers will come and people are, are working on our behalf, uh, which is really, really good to feel. Absolutely. And I know from CBIA, we're doing our best to get this information out as quickly as possible to our members and as clearly as possible. Um, like you said, there has been a little confusion, um, but we're trying to, you know, keep that panic as low as possible, keep that confusion, you know, as low as possible. Uh, is there anything else that you would like to uh, say for, you know, businesses who either have closed or 
are um, a little slowed down in terms of their production. Any uh, <laughs> words of advice or tips? Yeah, I mean, just two things. And I've, I've mentioned this to my team. You know, I, I oversee about 550 folks uh, in the U.S. And, and two locations in France as well. Um, you know, there's two things. One is, and I think we all hope and, and hopefully know or expect that this is kind of a, a short but quick, you know, very, very impactful um, event that's happening versus maybe something longer term like we've seen in, you know, with financial crisis or even 9-11 uh, ended up affecting the industry for a couple of years. I think we're all hopeful that this is kind of a, it's going to go deep, but it's a, it's a short event and that, you know, in the mid and long term, we also have a lot of optimism for our, for our industry, for manufacturing in general, and for our overall economy. And I think the governor has, has voiced that. The second thing is, you know, talking to my management team, but to the other business leaders in Connecticut is, we need to realize that in, in times like this, during crises like this, that our, our employees are looking to us uh, during times of uncertainty for for not only clarity, but just for, for hope and for uh, what to expect and for someone to talk to and people to help lead them. Um, and so we're not your normal business leaders at this time. You know, we're human leaders during times like this. And so it's important that we help calm the panic and the uncertainty as much as possible, even if we don't have all the answers, just to let our employees know that we're working to get those answers. Um, and generally, we've gotten pretty quick responses when questions have come up. Um, and it's, it's, so that's just critical because you know, I've seen a couple cases now where some folks have, have really, the managers have kind of jumped into the panic and it's caused the facilities to you know either partially close down or fully close down when maybe that wasn't the right choice. So as long as we can keep our um, our optimistic level high and uh, be aware that employees are, are looking to, or to us for to lead and guide them during these uncertain times, I think that's uh, really important. Absolutely. I would agree with you 100%. Uh, well, Chris, thank you so much for taking a few minutes to talk with me. And um, of course, I hope all is well and I hope all of your employees are safe and healthy. Thanks, Shannon. You too. I hope everyone at CBI stays safe in that concept and we'll all get through this together. For the latest COVID-19 information, visit CBIA.com. Follow us on Twitter at CBIA News and on Facebook. Call us anytime at 860-244-1900. Stay safe out there. <laughs>